Hey, welcome back to Dr. John Sports Medicine Radio Show. Great to have you this week. You just checked our show for the very first time. We are a sports medicine radio show that talks about what's going on in the sports medicine world. Man, it is a lot of fun to have you on our show. If you ever want to find out more about Docs and Jocks and what we do here, you can do that easily by going to docsandjocks.com. That's D-O-X-N-J-O-X.com. Or you can just go to our iTunes uh, podcast and listen to us anytime, anywhere at your convenience. My name is Dr. Dan, a longtime sports medicine physician with Texas Sport and Spine, where I really do on the radio what I do during my day job, which is talk about sports injuries in the news. And I do that with my best friend and co-host, Michael Potter. Ferris is the, what he goes by, and he is the voice of Grand Canyon University out in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Ferris, great show today. Great to have you on. Good to be here, my man. Yeah, so anyway, you and I are both doing what we do in our day jobs. I'm, I'm traveling with the Hardin-Simmons University football team as their sports medicine doctor, and uh, I'll, I'm out in uh, Portland, Oregon, where they're going to be taking on Linfield, two top ten contenders in Division three football going on, and I'm uh, out here doing my sports medicine team position thing. And you're always traveling with Grand Canyon University, so we are catching each other on opposite ends of the uh, country. But, man, it's always fun to have you on. Also, Ferris, uh, we are getting ready to have on Al Pickett. Al is the... Uh, Long-time uh, broadcaster for the Abilene High Eagles. He's had an illustrious sports broadcasting and sports editor career. He's going to be coming on talking to us about how he has given up the uh, sports broadcasting of the Abilene High Eagles. But also more importantly than that, Al has probably one of the most extensive sports backgrounds of anyone in the country. He spent time in Kansas, Arkansas, as well as West Texas, where he is now in the uh, Sports Hall of Fame in the big country. And so we, we'll be talking all things uh, sports with Al Pickett, who is, man, just a, a wealth of knowledge. I got to spend three hours last night. It was an honor of, on an airplane with Al Pickett talking about uh, sports. And he interviewed uh, guys like Luke Brock, who I grew up idolizing with St. Louis Cardinals, George Brett, who I know, Ferris, is one of your all-time uh, favorites. So we'll be talking to Al Pickett here on Docs and Jocks. Also talking about everything going on in the NBA, uh, NFL, Major League Baseball in the offseason. All that and more here on your Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. You're listening to Guy Talk live from the Sport Clips Haircuts locker room. Caller, you're on the air. <sighs> My girlfriend beat me playing one-on-one. Ooh, sounds like you need to hit up a Sport Clips for an awesome haircut experience and some quality man time. I don't know. My girlfriend always takes me to her salon. Nonsense. Be your own man and get a great haircut in a guy-friendly place from stylists who know what guys need. You may be right. Sure I'm right. Now grab your Y chromosome, get down to Sport Clips, and ask for the MVP. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. No one burns calories like Firehouse Subs. Introducing our hearty and flavorful under 500 calorie menu. Steaming hot sriracha beef, hook and ladder light, turkey cranberry, and more. Six new subs, four new salads, overflowing with flavor under 500 calories. And starting at only $5.49. Under 500 calories never tasted so hearty and flavorful. Firehouse Subs. One bite, one taste. Hey, welcome back to Dr. Jock, Sports Medicine Radio Show. My name is Dr. Dan, your sports medicine physician, coming to you from Texas Sports Live. Hey, great to have you with today. My co-host every week is Ferris Potter. And Ferris, I thought we could just jump right into the sports medicine news. And, uh, man, some of the big stories right now. Well, before we do that, though, Ferris, let's talk about what you and I do and why we're traveling all over the world right now. I don't think people sometimes understand the uh, how much you travel when you're when you're taking care of teams as a sports medicine physician. I'm out in uh, Portland, Oregon with the Hardin-Simmons University football team, 
And uh, you're always traveling with Grand Canyon University, whether it's baseball or basketball. And, man, we have a great time doing that. I, I always tell this to my friends, and uh, you and I kind of have the same take on this. We have a couple of the best jobs in the world because we get to tell our wives when we go home, hey, i got to go to work. And that means we are going to a basketball game, a football game. I was covering women's soccer last weekend. That's a pretty cool gig, though, isn't it, Ferris? It's kind of nice, man. You get to go and travel and uh, see a lot of interesting and different places, meet a lot of cool people. And it's kind of fun, too, because you you start making relationships, uh, deeper relationships when you're on the road traveling with the coaches and the players and the uh, team physicians and the trainers. You know, when you're just showing up at the uh, at the home games, you just kind of pop in, you do your job, and you leave. But on the road, you're you're there for three or four days, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, you know, I always feel like, uh, especially with the football team, exactly what you were talking about. I feel like it's my time where I get to talk to the coaches. You know, of course, they got game their game faces on, and they're in their game prep modes. But you do get those times in the planes and the, on the ho- in the hotels, uh, in right. the restaurants, where you get that time with them, where you're sitting there and you get a kind of become get to know them as a person like you're saying i think it's what you do and even right. the players who i've seen play you know on uh, in multiple games this year but i've got to sit down with them and really talk to them find out where they're from what their hometown is and yeah i love that part of my job as a sports medicine physician for sure yeah it's it's a lot of fun i mean i as a broadcaster you learn a ton about the team yeah. and kind of the inner workings it's when you're at home and you ask hey what's going on with the squad it just feels like everybody's a little more guarded. You get on the road, you get kind of loosened up a bit, and then you start getting the guys yeah. like kind of the inside stories, which is kind of nice. And the great thing is the team position, too, is they feed football players a lot of food. And so there's oh. always like this huge, huge buffet all the time. They uh, texted me last night and said, that, hey, we got, into, we got into Portland, Oregon, where we're playing Linfield, two top ten teams in the Division Three playing each other. Harden Simmons is playing Linfield in the first round of the NCAA uh, Division Three football playoffs. And uh, we get in about, I don't know, almost midnight, and they and they text me and they said, hey, there's a bunch of food down here. they got a buffet for the team. I'm like, good God almighty, I'm almost 50 years old. I can't eat like a football player anymore, man. <laughs> I'll go from a linebacker size to a lineman size in no time. But they really take care of the NCAA really takes care of you on these trips. You probably did okay, right? You were able to put, put down a little bit at least. You know what? I did the right thing, and I said, no, I don't need to be eating at midnight uh, before, oh. uh, you know, it's it's game day for somebody else the next day, but not me. So That's the I hardest actually, thing on the road. The eating on the road is the hardest thing because, yeah, you get done with the, like, we get done the basketball game, you're amped up. Even if you're just broadcasting, <laughs> you get back to the hotel around 1130, something like that, you know, and you're like, ah, I'm going to grab something to eat. And you're like, no, 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 no. Time to go to bed. Yeah. You know who is tireless, though, on these trips? And I'm going to give a shout-out for a group of people that I think are underappreciated, you know, <laughs> overworked, and... And Hawk, our producer, Brandon Hawk, was an athletic trainer for the Dallas Cowboys Tech Red Raiders, so he understands this fully. But your sports medicine team, the athletic trainers, you know, just because we got here late last night in Portland, the play, they were still doing treatments after we got here. They were taking care of our quarterbacks had a bum ankle and a foot, and they were taking, doing treatments on him, trying to get him ready. One of our wide receivers has a shoulder issue, and they're doing treatments. When we roll in here at midnight, I'm crawling into bed, and the athletic trainer's over in the, uh, you know, fixing up a treatment room and taking care of these guys uh, late at night. They they work all hours of the day, weekend, nights. It doesn't matter. It's it's an incredible staff to watch do their job, the athletic trainers, and how they are always constantly trying to get these players healthy enough to be at their top peak performance. And I'm going to give a shout-out to all those guys. But 
I'm sure you as a broadcaster, you, you travel probably with the sports medicine team and see how they do, and, and it's probably pretty amazing for you to see all the hours they put in. No, they don't do anything, man. They're just hanging out, not doing, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, the athletes, uh, you know, it's, everybody's there serving them. And so the trainers, the uh, the graduate assistants, the team managers, all the people behind the scenes, yeah, the, the, the day's not over when the game ends. That's when their job begins, really. <laughs> so they it, got, it, uh, it, those it, guys are working long hours all the time. And so it's kind of funny. You talk to them, you go, hey, you got to go to Seattle for three days. How was it? It's like I was in a hotel room in a gym the entire time. I didn't really see myself. <laughs> Yeah, it is so true. It is absolutely so true. It does give you, when you travel with the team, though, as a, you know, you do a college sports broadcast for Grand Canyon University, when you're traveling with the team, you probably get the inside scoop with uh, the injuries, given that you're traveling with the uh, team and the sports medicine guys and know what the uh, injuries are. Oh, yeah, I always ask, you know, and you always got to ask, okay, hey, what's going on with so-and-so? And they tell you, and you go, okay, how much can I say on the air? And they're like, yeah, well, you know, don't say this, say that, you know, and then you got to ask the coach, too, you know. And Marley, uh, for basketball, is very much like, I don't care, say whatever, you know. He's very, he's an open yeah. book for the most part, you know. Um, yeah. It gets a little different, you know, when you're talking with baseball and you got a kid who's not throwing and you don't want the other team to know that so-and-so is not available out of the pen or something like that, you know. So yeah, you got to ask the coaches, but yeah, you you get the real scoop on on guys, and guys are more open on the road. I'm not sure why that is, but they're just kind of out of their comfort zone, so you, you get more uh, more of the uh, inner circle. Yeah, you know, our next segment coming up, our next guest is going to be a really good guest because it, it just speaks to this exactly. Al Pick has been a, a sports broadcaster for Hardin Simmons University football since it restarted um, back in like 1991. So he's been their team sports broadcaster, much like you with Grand Canyon, and then he's also been doing high school. Abilene High football and baseball and basketball for the last 30-plus years. So he can talk to us about how his relationships with the team and traveling with them and how that works as well. It's going to be a fun interview with him. I was trying to get the athletic director on because I think with Hardin-Simmons University because I think people sometimes think they only have one sport going on at a time because usually, typically, if you're following a college, you don't follow their women's soccer, their basketball, their football. But right now, all those sports are going on with all the colleges you really love to whoever it is you you follow. So, like just just for instance, Ferris, right now, Hardin Simmons University is in Portland, Oregon, playing Linfield in the first round of the football playoffs. Hardin Simmons University soccer, women's soccer, is playing in New York right now in the Sweet Sixteen, and basketball is in North Carolina playing there. So you've got athletes literally spread out all over the country doing all kinds of different things. I'm not sure how an athletic director or whoever whoever manages all the travel and trying to keep up with that keeps it all straight because that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's especially like, you know, gosh, at GCU, we got like 21 sports. I think a lot of schools are around the 15 to 17. And, yeah, there's always like five or six going at a time, you know, throughout the season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they all need they all need attention, you know. They all need a lot of attention because you want to they want to pub what their their sports are doing. You know, it's one of those things, we've interviewed uh, sleep specialists, but it's one of those things you and I have talked about because there were some uh, Major League Baseball players that complained about how difficult it was playing a you know, 160-game schedule with you know baseball where they're traveling all the time. But it is a major part of how teams play as far as how they travel, how they get their rest, how they figure out, you know, when you're crossing. We just changed uh, you know, time zones, so we're two hours different than what we were in Texas. So it's it's really interesting. I, I think a part of sports performance that probably is underrated is 
figuring out how you get the appropriate rest when you're changing time zones, especially multiple time zones. I mean, you've got Hard Simmons, who's from Texas. They're playing in New York, and you got another team playing in Portland. So one's you know, going back in time, and one's moving up in time. That's a big part of how sports performance, I think, you know, is really how, what happens on the field is partly is how well-rested your guys are or how, how unrested they are. Oh, sleep is huge. And it's, I mean, you know, it's the same with diet. When you're younger, you can get away with things, but it still affects your performance. I mean, you can't tell by looking really that much at you, but it definitely affects your performance. Even for coaches. I mean, the coaches are older, you know, and they end up stay up later and things. I mean, you just, you just don't make as good of decisions when you're, when you're busy, when you're sleep, when you're sleep deprived, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things too, you know, that happens. I think that the NFL is looking into right now, as far as injuries, you know, they're playing a Thursday night game. And then, you know, flying or playing a Sunday night game, then flying somewhere, playing a Thursday night game, they lose two days of basically letting their bodies rest almost three full days. And you don't you forget that, you know, when you're playing a Sunday game somewhere and you're now traveling, really that next day is really an all 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 traveling day, so you've lost out on that. So I think sleep and rest and those types of things, especially when you're talking about a sport that plays a ton of games like baseball. Good lord, can you imagine what, what, what is it, 154 games, Ferris? What's the schedule now, 154? 162 right now. They're thinking about 154 yeah. for that very reason, so they can give every team at least one day off every five days. Yeah, just to say that sounds ridiculous, one day off every five days. but that crazy? Yeah, especially when you're playing three games, four games in one city and then turning around, I could totally see how you could wake up and not even know what city you're in. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why, I mean, for years in baseball, and we talk about performance-enhancing drugs, and we think of steroids and HGH and things like that, but, you know, for years, it's tough to get up for, for, for a game when you play in L.A. and then you leave at midnight and you fly to Miami or you fly to, you know, Kansas City and you're at 3 in the morning. So that's, exactly. that's one of the reasons there is so much of that stuff going on. And let's face it, Ferris, you and I are getting old, and it's hard on us old people doing this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, we'll be right back for Doc and Jeff. We're going to have Al Pickett on talking about the Harden Simmons University as well as Abilene High Sports Broadcast. We'll be right back for more Doc and Doc. The Forge Training Facility, formerly D1, is the only sports training facility in West Texas that utilizes components of mental, physical, and spiritual training for adults and youth. With a wide variety of boot camps and strength classes throughout the day, our elite coaches will help you set and accomplish your goals. There is no better place or time to join. Come in or visit our website, theforgeabling.com, and get a one-week free trial. The Forge Abilene, where iron sharpens iron, changing lives one workout at a time. Ouch, my knee is killing me. You know you need an MRI. That's what your doctor said. I know, I know, but it's going to cost three, $4,000? Well, it could, but did you tell him that you wanted to go to MDI? MDI? Medical Diagnostic Imaging of Abilene. MDI will save us thousands of dollars. Let me show you. Here, look at the MDI website. Wow, and that's with or without insurance? If you need a CAT scan or MRI, you have a choice. Before you go anywhere else, call MDI for a free price quote. Call 325-695-4624 or go online to mdiofabilene.com. Now that we've saved all that money and my knee is fixed, I think I need a new set of clubs. (laughs) No, we're getting new carpet in the living room. That's MDI of Abilene. Relax. You have a choice. Call 325-695-4624 
and make sure you tell them you heard about it on Docs and Jocks. No one burns calories like Firehouse Subs. Introducing our hearty and flavorful under 500 calorie menu. Steaming hot sriracha beef, hook and ladder light, turkey cranberry, and more. Six new subs, four new salads, overflowing with flavor under 500 calories. And starting at only $5.49. Under 500 calories never tasted so hearty and flavorful. Firehouse Subs. One bite, one taste, you're hooked. When it comes to electric prices, do what the Cowboys do and trust ProStar Energy Services to perform for your business. Every company uses electricity. That part's simple, but getting a good deal on electricity isn't. That's why the Cowboys rely on ProStar's team to secure the lowest electricity price available. Let us draft a strategy to help your business beat the competition with bottom line savings on your electric bill and custom solutions that keep your team focused on moving the ball. To score big for your business, call ProStar today at 817-892-4250. You're listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by Buffalo Wild Wings, First Financial Bank, and MDI Abilene. Touchdown. Now, back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. This is Dr. Dan, longtime sports medicine physician with Texas Sports Spine. Great to have you with us today. If you're just catching our show for the very first time, want to find out more about our show, you can do so by going to docsandjocks.com. That's D-O-X-N-J-O-X dot com. You can also listen to our show anytime, anywhere on our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. Always joined in, uh, by my co-host, Ferris Potter. Ferris is the voice of Grand Canyon University. And, Ferris, we have on a very good friend of our show, Al Pickett. And Al is a sports broadcaster extraordinaire. He is in the Big Country Hall of Fame. He has been a sports broadcaster, a sports editor, everything to all things sports in Kansas, in Arkansas, and has spent the last 30 years in the big country area of West Texas, where he has uh, become a good friend of mine and uh, inducted into the Big Country Hall of Fame. He just announced that uh, this is going to be his last year as the Abilene High Eagles, one of the greatest football teams uh, ever to grace a football field. They were considered the team of the century back in the 50s. They won a state term, or a state title again during Al's uh, reign as their sports broadcaster, and it's going to be sad for the Abilene High Eagles, but I am glad to have on my good friend, Al Pickett. Al, thanks for being on Docs and Jocks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Good to be with you. Well, tell us, first of all, I've, I've heard the story, but for our listening audience, you know, uh, you've been a uh, really a, a just a corner cornerstone bedrock of Abilene High Eagles football. Tell us uh, what why you decided to step down after doing it for nearly uh, two decades. Well, I've got a grandson who is uh, will be on the varsity next year at uh, Abilene Wiley High School, one of the three high schools in Abilene, and I just decided I've spent over 40 years watching somebody else's grandkids. I guess I need to be in the stands and watch my own grandson play. So I, I love doing Abilene High. I hate giving it up, but it was uh, simply I thought it was the right thing to do. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize when they're listening to their favorite broadcaster, like I grew up listening to the great Jack Buck, who was with the St. Louis Cardinals and Mike Shannon, that really when you're doing that, and you and Ferris can both speak to this, when you're doing that, you're really, uh, you, you truly are – broadcasting other people's sons and grandsons and granddaughters and daughters games and you're missing out on a lot of family time so there comes a point in your life like you decided al that i really want to give you know this last portion to my grandson and go watch him play i think i think it's very very audible al i'm proud of you well thank you i appreciate that it it was difficult because it's been so uh 
such a huge part of my life. So every fall, it's been Abilene High football for the last 15 years. I'm I'm going to continue to do Harden Simmons because it doesn't conflict on a Saturday. But I just decided that you know I guess it's time to sit in the stands because I have missed games and I've even missed some junior varsity games this year as he was playing as a freshman. And so uh, I just decided it was uh, it would be time. But it, it's going to seem a little weird not to be in the press box and sitting out in the cold and the wet and the rain on those bad Friday nights. Yeah. And Ferris, I know you as a sports broadcaster for Grand Canyon University, uh, you have, you know, wonderful, wonderful uh, children. And that's got to be hard on you, too. But speak to Al and you both about uh, what it's like, uh, you know, going every to all these games and, and, and broadcasting, but oftentimes at the expense of your family. Well, yeah, it's tough because you're traveling a lot, but it's it's a heck of a lot of fun too to to get to invest in those other other families' lives too. And I I know you probably have this happen all the time. I'll uh, I'll have uh, parents and stuff, especially with baseball. As I'm walking up, I'll get to know the pa- the families pretty well, and uh, that's always kind of a fun part of the aspect too of of broadening your relationships and you kind of become the their eyes to uh, to to follow you know their aunts and or their aunts and uncles and cousins to follow them and their parents too. Well, you're exactly right, and you know what? One thing that's really been interesting is what the internet has done. Now we have people. I know we had a, a kid from Adeline Cooper. I was doing their baseball last several years. His parents, his grandparents, lived in Illinois, and they never missed a game, listening all the time. And when Abilene High won their state football championship, we got a letter from a guy in Iraq. You know, was listening overseas wow. as a service man. <laughs> so I mean, that's really opened it up. It's not just who's listening on the radio. But who's listening all over the world, literally now? Yeah, and I know it's hard, Al. But uh, you know, you've had an illustrious career with the Abilene High Eagles, going on nearly two decades. They won a state championship during that time. Would that be in your your top moment as uh, broadcasting a state championship title, or or give us some other great moments uh, over the years with uh, the Abilene High Eagles? Oh, yeah. There's been so many. That certainly would be winning the state championship uh, for the first time since 1956, back in 2009. But that's really the state championship game when they beat the two-time defending state champion, Katie. It really wasn't the highlight of the season. It was the third round when they beat the number one ranked team in the nation in Cedar Hill. Uh, and uh, that uh, they were such an underdog in that game and ended up blowing out Cedar Hill in just a tremendous, tremendous ball game. And that's one of the most memorable games I've ever done. And, of course, I really got to relive that again. Because the team chaplain, Chad Mitchell, and I wrote the book Brothers Keeper about that state championship team. So I got to broadcast them, and then I got to write a book about them, and we're still waiting uh, for the, uh, the we have hopes that a movie is going to come from it as well. So maybe I get to relive it a third time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're talking to Big Country uh, Sports Hall of Fame uh, broadcaster Al Pickett. Ferris, you have a question? Yeah, Al, I, as a broadcaster, I wonder how you handle this. Because you, you want to, I mean, obviously, if you're broadcasting for a team, I do GCU, you did Abilene, you know, you're not necessarily a homer, but you obviously have a, a, you know, you're paid by them, you know the kids, you have an interest. But how critical are you, I mean, knowing that the, of kids play and things like that, do you watch what you say knowing that it's a high school kid and their family might be listening? That it, I mean, how do, you ju- how do you judge that of calling the game as you see it and offering your honest opinions? But also being being cautious not to you know get get uh, get Aunt Sally upset maybe in Michigan because you said Johnny <laughs> should have caught that ball. <laughs> yeah, you know that's tough, and that is, that is a tough call, Ferris. You're exactly right. I've always tried to be, uh, I call it professional, but I always try to you know uh, every play that the other team makes isn't a bad play. They make good plays too, uh, and uh, you're very descriptive. And in fact, you describe as somebody 
has a penalty, you know, he gets Joe Blow Lyman gets called for holding, he gets called for holding. That's selling like right. it is. But I, I try not to be critical. It's it's high school kids or it's non scholarship college kids and so you try to just be as fair, and, and the biggest thing you're trying to do is, as you described it, you're the eyes of somebody uh, listening, uh, and and so you try to be as descriptive as you possibly can. And and sometimes I think people overthink it, but you know if you get down distance offensive play, defensive play, down and distance again, and get the score more often than you think necessary, you've done a good job. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the one of the things Ferris and I were talking about earlier, Al, is that. You know, when you travel with a team like you do, you really get to know the entire coaching staff, the players, even the sports medicine uh, team, like the team doctors and the athletic trainers. But it really one of the one of the favorite things we do is we travel with the teams, and we enjoy doing that. Have you found that to be one of your fun, one of the most fun things you do in your career? Oh, absolutely! And so many coaches have become such good friends over the years, and uh, I think maybe that's the thing that I've enjoyed the most about it is getting to know them, and and they know. Uh, you know, of course, my career has been a little different. Parish me, I realized I was 15 years as sports editor of the newspaper, then went over to radio. So I've done both sides of it, and and I think I hopefully they know I've, I'm always going to be fair with them. That doesn't mean you don't ask the tough questions sometimes, but you're always going to be right. fair with them. Yeah, right. Parish, you have hey, a question, Brown? Yeah, Al, do you do you have a favorite sport to broadcast or to cover, or do you just like them all? Well, I like them all. I, I would think my it has changed over time. I grew up in Kansas, so it was basketball. You know, I mean, Kansas <laughs> right. is, is a basketball state. Uh, I, I was always a huge baseball fan, so I love baseball, but I think in some ways it's the most difficult because it, it has no time element. You're, you've got so much uh, filling time to do. and and uh, But living in West Texas for 31 years now, Obviously, football becomes a favorite because it has the biggest influence on people. You have bigger audience listening. Uh, it is more important. It's so important to the fans. So I, I think it's evolved. Or now, I think I'm looking forward to football more than anything else because it's more important to the people that are listening. And Al, have you always had a co-host on all your broadcasts, or or what sports do you? Uh enjoy trying to call by yourself as opposed to having a, a color guy with you i've always had i've always had a color man or an abilene high i actually do the color uh with uh, chuck stadler my partner uh but i do the play-by-play for abilene high i've always had uh, somebody with me in football i've always done basketball and baseball by myself is, is that a little bit easier because uh, baseball you have a little bit more time or how, how does that how do you see it uh, baseball baseball i wish i had somebody to interact with that would be easier with the time element basketball uh, a color man really just kind of gets in the way it is so fast uh, you know i've done i've done some volleyball and you know you, you just you're just getting the action i mean it, it's just a constant action and so other than filling half times and pre games there really isn't a whole lot for a color person to do in in basketball and if they're doing it they've got to talk in 8 and 10 second sound bites or less well yeah, Ferris, you feel the I same hate. way you guys are both in the same business no, I would agree with Al 100%. If you're doing basketball on TV or, or web stream, it's great to have an analyst because, you know, you don't have to describe. I mean, the main thing you do on radio, you have to describe the action. You don't describe it necessarily on TV because they can see it. And so an analyst can take as much time as he wants breaking down a play. But, boy, in basketball, especially as the higher levels you get and the faster the pace goes, they got to jump in, make their point in like two or three seconds. And if they don't, man, somebody else is down scoring on the other end and you got to call it. So, 
I agree. That's 100%. exactly right. Yeah. You know, Farrell is something unique in in uh, in Abilene. Abilene ISD, the school district, has their own uh, cable channel, and they tape our radio broadcasts and they video the games and replay them on Tuesdays <laughs> and Wednesdays. So we get to look back. We're describing it like radio. Then we get to look back and see what we missed. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> we that's had not the wrong guy sometimes. making the tackle. <laughs> that's not fun sometimes. Ferris, <laughs> I, I had the pleasure last night. Al and I uh, had about a three-hour plane flight together, so I had him trapped in a corner, so I could ask him a ton of questions. But I asked him what one of his favorite calls that he ever did was, and Al, if you could do it, can you give us the call when the uh, you were broadcasting the uh, football game between an Indian reservation and an all-Catholic school? Yeah, it was uh, my first year of broadcasting. I was still in college at Kansas State. It was Powhatan and Hanover, Kansas, two little small Class A schools. And Powhatan is the Sac Indian Reservation in northeast Kansas. And Pal- and Hanover is a all-Bohemian Catholic community. And honest to goodness, 43 years later, I still remember the call that Albert Whitebird under center for Powhatan. He takes the snap, gives it, uh, pitches out to running deer, Who's tackled for a loss by Zabatrisky and Zarbanicki? What a great American game! <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that call. I love that call. So, Al, take us back in time when uh, you were in uh, Kansas. Uh, tell us a little bit about for for those of us who aren't uh, from that area, the rivalry between uh, Kansas State and Kansas, especially in basketball. Well, if you live in Texas, the best way I can tell you is how well do you think the Aggies and Longhorns get to get, get along? Uh, that's not <laughs> the same for the Jayhawks and Wildcats. Uh, they don't get along. I was a Kansas State guy from day one, and so we never liked KU very much. And uh, we always kind of thought of KU as the rich kid school and the poor small town kids. We went to Kansas State, but uh, they're only 80 miles apart. That's something you may not realize. They're only 80 miles apart, and so, uh, I mean, Back in the days when there were hijinks and foam uh, soap being put in fountains on campus and chickens thrown onto the court when KU was introduced to the starting lineups, and uh, there's been a lot of things. It's it's a great rivalry, and and unfortunately in football, it hasn't been much of one of recent years because KU just hasn't been very good. In basketball, unfortunately, Kansas has been at the very top of the heap, and Kansas State not as good. When I was in college, we won the Big Eight three of the four years at Kansas State. Right. We're talking to Hall of Fame sports broadcaster Al Pickett here on Docs and Jocks. Ferris, you have a question for Al? And, well, I'm kind of a question and a statement, Al. I, I knew we were kindred spirits as this interview goes on, but I grew up in Missouri, and my dad instilled in me a deep hatred for the Jayhawks as a Mizzou fan. So I grew up in the uh, Norm Stewart basketball days uh, facing Larry Brown, and the Jayhawks were always a team that beat us. So, so I think we, we probably have that in common. Yeah, Missouri and K State don't like each other much, but they have a unifying thing, and they both hate KU. So uh, yes, sir. And, and yes, actually, sir. when I was when I was in college, Norm Stewart was the coach there because he was at Missouri for so long, and it was Ted Owens at Kansas, and of course Jack Hartman at Kansas State in basketball back then. Yeah, well, I grew up in the Danny Manning era at Kansas, but the Mitch Richmond era at K State too. So, so, and that was the Big Eight with Billy Tubbs. I mean, that was back in the old Big Eight, and there were some really good basketball teams uh, when I was growing up. Oh, there were, and the star of the Kansas State team when I was in college, who was a friend of mine, was Lon Kruger, who, of course, now the head coach at yeah. Oklahoma. But uh, he was the two-time All Big Eight Player of the Year at, uh, at Kansas State, out of a little small town, and uh, became a tremendous uh, player, now a tremendous coach at a number of places, including uh, 
Illinois, Florida, and uh, and now Oklahoma, as well as UNLV. So, uh, uh, yeah, I remember the Mitch Richmond, Danny Manning, but I was long gone from Kansas by that point. <laughs> but you also Lon Kruger, I believe, Al. I believe you're telling me he was a great baseball player as well as a great football player, not only a basketball player, right? He was drafted by Major League Baseball and the NBA. How many guys can say that? Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I tell you, too, I, I met... I met Lon when he was coaching UNLV. He ran across him, and he seems like a great guy, too, on top of all of that stuff. I haven't he heard anybody really say anything bad about the guy. And, and in, fact, in fact, when he was at Silver Lake, a little small town right outside of Topeka, he quarterbacked the football team to the state championship, was point guard on the basketball team that won a state championship, and then pitched the baseball team to a state championship. He was a <laughs> remarkable. He was a legend in his day uh, back in the early 70s in Kansas. Hey, Al, we have to go to commercial break here. Ouch, my knee is killing me. You know you need an MRI. That's what your doctor said. I know, I know, but it's going to cost three, $4,000? Well, it could, but did you tell him that you wanted to go to MDI? MDI? Medical Diagnostic Imaging of Abilene. MDI will save us thousands of dollars. Let me show you. Here, look at the MDI website. Wow, and that's with or without insurance? If you need a CAT scan or MRI, you have a choice. Before you go anywhere else, call MDI for a free price quote. Call 325-695-4624 or go online to mdiofabilene.com. Now that we've saved all that money and my knee is fixed, I think I need a new set of clubs. (laughs) No, we're getting new carpet in the living room. That's MDI of Abilene. Relax. You have a choice. Call 325-695-4624 and make sure you tell them you heard about it on Docs and Jocks. No one burns calories like Firehouse Subs. Introducing our hearty and flavorful under 500 calorie menu. Steaming hot sriracha beef, hook and ladder light, turkey cranberry, and more. Six new subs, four new salads, overflowing with flavor under 500 calories. And starting at only $5.49. Under 500 calories never tasted so hearty and flavorful. Firehouse Subs. One bite, one taste, you're hooked. When it comes to electric prices, do what the Cowboys do and trust ProStar Energy Services to perform for your business. Every company uses electricity. That part's simple, but getting a good deal on electricity isn't. That's why the Cowboys rely on ProStar's team to secure the lowest electricity price available. Let us draft a strategy to help your business beat the competition with bottom-line savings on your electric bill and custom solutions that keep your team focused on moving the ball. To score big for your business, call ProStar today at 817-892-4250. You're listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by West Texas Neurosurgery, Abilene Tech, and Sports Clips. Touchdown. Now, back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. My name is Dr. Dan. Great to have you join us today. Hey, just catch the show for the first time. Want to find out more about it? You can do so by going to docsandjocks.com, D-O-X-N-J-O-X.com. Joined this week by my co-host, Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. And Ferris, we thought we would hold over Hall of Fame sports broadcaster Al Pickett. And Al has uh, been a wealth of knowledge, grew up in Kansas, uh, did his sports editing and sports broadcasting there for uh, a decade, and then went to Arkansas, where he also spent nearly a decade before coming to uh, West Texas and uh, was named to the Hall of Fame there in West Texas. But Al, we uh, kind of skipped over your Arkansas years. Tell us about the years 
you were in Arkansas. A lot of stuff going on with the uh, University of Arkansas. I mean, uh, just, I think Lou Holtz was the uh, coach there when you first got there. Give us your take on those years in Arkansas. Uh, we enjoyed it. We were there nine years. I spent uh, five years in radio there, then uh, went to the newspaper in four years. That's kind of how I got in the newspaper business, and I was doing uh, the high school games and Harding University, which is a Division two school uh, there in Arkansas. But, yeah, it was great days for uh, University of Arkansas. Lou Holtz was in his first year as head coach. It was the great Eddie Sutton days in basketball, and, of course, the, my first year there, they went to the Final Four with the triplets, uh, Sidney Moncrief, Marvin Delph, and Ron Brewer. And then uh, the next year, uh, lost to uh, some guy named Larry Bird in Indiana State in the regional finals. <laughs> and uh, they still had a great program. And then later, of course, Joe Klein, Alvin Robertson, when they upset North Carolina with Michael Jordan, the number one team. So it's all some great, great uh, stretch of, uh, of Arkansas football and basketball. I think, honestly, you look back to that late 70s, early 80s, that was kind of some of the glory years of, of Arkansas athletics at the University of Arkansas. Bruce, you were there. Uh, was Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, were they doing their thing there yet? No, that, that was before my time. Uh, that was the 1964 National Championship team that uh, had Kenny Hatfield that became a well-known college coach, and uh, yeah. uh, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones were teammates, and Barry Switzer was an assistant coach. That was uh, Frank Burles, the head coach. But that was long before my time there. That was the 1964 National Championship team. Right. Barry, you have a question for Al Pickett? Well, that must have been some uh, some running and gunning. Was that was that the Nolan Richardson forty minutes of hell basketball squad down there? No, that was uh, before that. I I, I knew Just Nolan, him, right? uh, and yeah. uh, he came after that. That was the Eddie Sutton time uh, oh, in, yeah. in the late seventies, and then Nolan replaced him. And of course, uh, Nolan with his uh, forty minutes of hell defense, and uh, and uh, <laughs> had, had gotten to know uh, Nolan uh, fairly well. Nolan had actually. As a West Texas, of course, he grew up in El Paso, but he coached uh, uh, Western Texas College in Snyder, Texas, to a National Junior College Championship. They went to Tulsa, then got the uh, the Arkansas job. Wow, some great yeah. uh, great coaches. I mean, Eddie Sutton, he's a he's a legend uh, in Oklahoma State and everything. And then the Lon Kruger. Do you do you find? I mean. I don't know about you, Al, but like when I was first getting into broadcasting and I was trying to find different different sports to do, I you know I'm more of a baseball guy. When I started doing basketball, I found the coaches to be really helpful and let me just pick their brain and kind of been there about what they were trying to do, what plays they were trying to, how they looked at the game, and that really helped me out as I was watching a game. Yeah, I, I think I think you're making a good point. I think certain coaches depending on their personality, are more helpful than others. But uh, I've always, uh, <laughs> right. always been fascinated about uh, the, the, the coaches. And to me, the great coaches, the fascinating thing is their ability to motivate the kids. That's always what has fascinated me. Uh, and, and they all do it differently. It, it depends on what their personality is. And, you know, Al, one of the articles that uh, you got some national celebrity from was an article you wrote about Arkansas, the all-Arkansas professional baseball team. Explain how that article came about and who made the list. Well, I tried. I went to work for the newspaper in Searcy, Arkansas. I don't know why I got a wild hair one time. So I spent about a year going through the baseball encyclopedia and put together my all-Arkansas team, guys who were born or grew up in Arkansas, and then the all-major league baseball team, and ended up being carried by the Associated Press around the state and got a lot of feedback. It was a lot of fun, and and what a team. I can tell you, uh, some of them, uh, a pitching staff of Dizzy and Paul Dean, Johnny Sane and Creature Rowe, uh, catcher Bill Dickey, Hall of Famer, 
infield of George Kell, Don Kessinger, Archie Vaughn, and Brooks Robinson, Wally Moon in the outfield. And so it, sometimes it was hard to decide somebody like a Rick Mundy, who was born in Arkansas yeah. but grew up in California. We didn't count him. But uh, I, spent a, I spent about a year pouring through the baseball encyclopedia trying to get the Arkansas connections of, uh, of an all-major league team. One of the guys you mentioned there is one of the most colorful baseball players of all time, Dizzy Dean, for our probably younger listeners who don't have never heard of Dizzy Dean. Kind of describe who he was and why he was so popular in baseball for so long. Well, Dizzy was, first of all, was a, uh, was a great uh, a pitcher. I mean, uh, one time he said, uh, me and Paul will win 40. We're talking about his brother. Well, he won 30 and Paul won 10, so they did win 40. Uh, uh, but, uh, but he was such a colorful character. He was from Lucas, Arkansas, which don't try to look up on the map first. You won't find it. It's at the bottom of Lake Dardanelle. The town doesn't exist anymore. But um, he was uh, then after his baseball career, he was uh, did the game of the week for years and years on television with Pee Wee Reese, and uh, English teachers used to get furious because his grammar was so bad. He said somebody slud into third base, and uh, he was uh, he was a character. He was I don't know who you would compare him with. Uh, um, uh, yeah, he was just uh, you know maybe he maybe he was kind of a. Uh, only, only a little cruder, but the, kind of the John Madden of, of Major League Baseball back in the 60s of uh, broadcasting. Right. Ferris, did you know he did the game of the week? I, did, I didn't know that until Al told me that last night. No, I I, uh, I remember the Joe Garaziola, Tony Kubek. I think that's as far yeah. as I go back with the game of the week. Yeah, that they preceded them. It was uh, it was uh, Dizzy Dean and Pee Wee Reese, the old Brooklyn Dodgers shortstop. Oh, wow. and, and Dizzy Dean were did it before Jared Garagiola and Tony Kubek. Wow, we've kind of lost some it, of that uh, with the uh, the colorfulness. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just you know everybody's got a phone and nobody wants to make a you know be themselves because somebody will picture it, or if it's the business where these guys all want to be businessmen. But boy, you go back in history of all the sports, and there's some really colorful characters. And nowadays, if you're colorful, everybody kind of calls you problematic, and they, they they label you as a troublemaker. But boy, there's some great ones in the past. Yeah, and you know I, I think now we've got to have our announcers. We've all got to have no accent, you know, Dizzy sounded like he was from the backwoods of Arkansas because he was from the backwoods of Arkansas. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, you just don't hear, you just don't see that as much anymore. Uh, and I think that's in some ways kind of too bad because we lose some of the colorful characters of, of the sport. And I think one of the things we too forget, uh, it, you know, if you're younger, you've had ESPN 24-hour news cycles of sports. We just didn't have that when we were growing up. And so I remember Ferris and I talked about this a lot. We would wait, uh, for, could not wait for Saturday, Saturday, the game of the week, or uh, this week in baseball with Mel Allen was one of my favorite shows ever because you didn't get caught up on baseball until that weekend show or that weekend game, and the announcers kind of told you what happened. It was a much bigger deal. So that Dizzy Dean game that you were listening to may be the only baseball game you listened to that entire week. Yeah, they used to irritate the heck out of me because nine times out of ten it'd be the Yankees on Saturday afternoon, and I didn't, I didn't like <laughs> the Yankees at all. But, you know, how, how you followed baseball then is, is you're right. You you watched the game of the week, the one game you saw on television. You listened on the radio, and then if you're really avid, you took sporting news and you, you poured through the box scores. And that's how you learned about yeah. players, and you just envisioned what they looked like because you didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's you your know, question. Yeah, well, I, you bring up a good point. When I was in 
gosh, either grade school or junior high, we had to do a uh, speech where we explained something, and I explained the box score. I, I, I copied a <laughs> Kansas Royals box score out of the newspaper, and I explained, I went through it and explained to everybody what this meant and everything, and it was one of my favorite speeches of all time. I don't think I have the big poster board anymore, but yeah, back then, it was every day. You pick up the Kansas City Star or whatever, and you, and you, and you look at the box score to see what George Brett did or Willie Wilson and those guys. My, my older brother claims that that's how he learned to do math, was reading box scores in the newspaper. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ferris, Al was telling me that when he watched the Kansas City A's, or listened to him, I'm sorry, listened to the Kansas City A's, he actually kept the box score, and he later in life was able to tell his favorite broadcaster that he had done that. Al, tell that story. Yeah, Monty Moore was the broadcaster for the Kansas City A's and went to Oakland with them. He was the longest employee for Charlie Finley, like 25 years. Nobody else lasted that long with Mr. Finley. <laughs> but uh, I was listening the day and keeping score. That's how I learned to keep score, listening to the radio. And Dagoberto Campaneris, we now know as Campy Campaneris, came up from the minors, and he homered in his first at bat, one of the only handful of players to do that. But we were keeping score, and we didn't know how to spell Dagoberto or Campaneris. And so I told Bonnie Moore that story. I've gotten to know Bonnie since then, and he's telling about that Campy at that time spoke no English, and they sent him wherever he was in the minors to Minnesota because the A's were playing the Twins, and they they pinned two sh- uh, notes on his shirt. First one said, put me on flight so-and-so to Minneapolis-St. Paul, and then the second note said, to give the taxi driver, take me to Metropolitan Stadium, and he got there an hour before the game and then homered in his first at bat. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, they do it. They do it a little bit differently nowadays, huh? <laughs> yeah, just a, just a little bit. Yes. Oh, my goodness! <laughs> Put notes on him. That's unbelievable. That's how he got there. Holy cow! Hey, Al. Speaking of which, uh, you you spoke about your Kansas City A's broadcaster. You've been in broadcasting now and sports editing for nearly forty years. Uh, speak to some of the people that were your mentors that you like to listen to. And as well as some of the new ones that you like, people you listen to now and think, man, they have a really good knack for doing uh, sports broadcasting. Uh, growing up, of course, Monty Moore was the early one. As somebody that uh, the first you probably know that I certainly idolized and, and got to know a little bit was Fred White, uh, yeah. who did Kansas oh, yeah. State and then did the Kansas City Royals for years. Uh, always admired. I thought he was tremendous on basketball with Kansas State. Um uh, you know, today, I, I listened the other day and the radio. Of course, we now we watch television so much more, and it's such a different broadcast. But I heard Dan Shulman doing the World Series with the Dodgers and the Astros on uh, Westwood Radio or ESPN Radio. I don't know if you all heard, Dan Shulman is terrific. He is really yeah. a good broadcaster. Yeah, yeah I, I think did, I might uh, be I one of the only guys, well, Al. I, uh, I download, I, I don't pay for MLB TV. I pay for the MLB radio app. So I can listen to any broadcasters of MLB. Uh, I can listen to Home Away, and uh, man, there's some fantastic ones out there. So that is fun. But Shulman does a great job. Shulman does a great job, and I tell you what, for those of us who live in Texas, Eric Nadell, the, the yes, yeah, Ford Frick winner, the Hall of Fame broadcaster for the for the Texas Rangers, is so good. He just he just amazes me at the facts and figures that he has at his fingertip that he can weave into a broadcast. He's as good as I've heard on the local uh, baseball broadcast. Well, he may have a lot of facts and figures that he weaves into his broadcast, but he doesn't He doesn't know more facts and figures than you, Al. I think you're maybe the best sports trivia uh, man that I've ever had. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, I sometimes I can't pull him out. He has them all there. I don't know how he does it, but it's terrific. 
Yeah, another one that I really like is the Dallas Cowboys' Brad Shamby. You can tell he's had experience yeah. doing it, and uh, he really seems to make the game colorful. I feel like in football, you have to continue to not only you know allow you to, you to know where the teams are at, but you have to add that color, and he seems like he does such a great job. Yeah, I think Brad Sham and Babe Laufenberg on the Cowboys radio network are really entertaining. I, I enjoy listening to them, and I I serve on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame selection committee with Brad, so I've gotten to know him, and he's a he's a, he's an interesting guy. But I think he does a terrific job. You know, you've interviewed so many great athletes over the years. I know uh, we talked about George Brett. We talked about Lou Brock. Tell us some of the the most. Um, I don't know, the, the friendliest, the easiest to talk to, the most cordial, interesting interviews you've ever done? Uh, I think two people stand out as the nicest guys I've ever interviewed for somebody famous, and they they just, they just were the type of people, when they got done, they thanked you for interviewing them instead of the other way around, and that was Brooks Robinson and Bobby Richardson. Uh, oh, Brooks wow. Robinson and Bobby Richardson are both just terrific guys. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, uh, Bobby Richardson. Yeah, he was so, so friendly and so, so cordial. He's known as the uh, father of South Carolina baseball after he finished with the New York Yankees who went to South Carolina and had an illustrious career there in collegiate baseball. But, yeah, what a friendly, easygoing man to talk to. But, yeah, I can see both yeah, of those Yeah, and guys. really a, a religious guy. Both his sons yeah. became ministers. Uh, just uh, just uh, a trivia guy. And Brooks Robinson, uh, the same way, just... Uh, just a, such a, uh, like I said, you got done interviewing them, they go, well, thanks for interviewing me, instead of thanks for taking time with, with to, to do the interview. I just, uh, they've always stood out as just two of my favorites. I've only met Rick Robinson once and Bobby Richardson twice, but I've just been so impressed with both of them. Ferris, did your opinion of Al just go up when you found out he interviewed George Brett, your childhood hero? Well, it couldn't go up any, but it, it's cool. It make it makes. It I cool. got. I already have a high. Ferris, I got about. to spend a day. I got to spend a day with George Brett. We brought him in right after he uh, won his first batting title with the Ranger Winter Caravan at a radio station. I was working in Arkansas, and we had a speech at the high school and a luncheon. And so I got to spend a, a good part of a day with George Brett. He and I are three months apart of being the exact same age, and Whoa. the only difference was he was batting over three hundred and making over a million, and I was making considerably less. <laughs> amount of money that he was. Yeah, and well, Al, you yeah, also have a common with George Brett. favorites growing up with uh, in, in Kansas City, and uh, he was uh, he was kind of the face of that franchise for a number of years. It was really fun in 2015 to see them interview him so much when the Royals were making their run toward the World Series. That was really fun. That brought back a lot of memories, and he is... Uh, I always loved... Whitey Herzog gave me one of the great quotes of all time on George Brett. He said he could wake up in a snowdrift in December and hit a line drive somewhere. <laughs> hey, Al, that's, that's a great one to end on. Al, I want to say thank you so much for coming on our show. You're always one of our best friends, best guests here on Docs and Jocks. Man, we, two segments, and it seemed like it flew by way too fast. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you on again real soon, my friend. We'll look forward to it, guys. Good talking to both okay. of you. All right. We'll be right back with more hey, Docs and Jocks after this short break. 
Ouch, my knee is killing me. You know you need an MRI. That's what your doctor said. I know, I know, but it's going to cost three, four thousand dollars $4,000. Well, it could, but did you tell him that you wanted to go to MDI? MDI? Medical Diagnostic Imaging of Abilene. MDI will save us thousands of dollars. Let me show you. Here, look at the MDI website. Wow, and that's with or without insurance? If you need a CAT scan or MRI, you have a choice. Before you go anywhere else, call MDI for a a free price quote. Call 325-695-4624 or go online to mdiofabilene.com. Now that we've saved all that money and my knee is fixed, I think I need a new set of clubs. <laughs> no, we're getting new carpet in the living room. That's MDI of Abilene. Relax. You have a choice. Call 325-695-4624 and make sure you tell them you heard about it on Docs and Jocks. No one burns calories like Firehouse Subs. Introducing our hearty and flavorful under 500 calorie menu. Steaming hot sriracha beef, hook and ladder light, turkey cranberry, and more. Six new subs, four new salads, overflowing with flavor under 500 calories. And starting at only $5.49. Under 500 calories never tasted so hearty and flavorful. Firehouse Subs. One bite, one taste, you're hooked. When it comes to electric prices, do what the Cowboys do and trust ProStar Energy Services to perform for your business. Every company uses electricity. That part's simple, but getting a good deal on electricity isn't. That's why the Cowboys rely on ProStar's team to secure the lowest electricity price available. Let us draft a strategy to help your business beat the competition with bottom line savings on your electric bill and custom solutions that keep your team focused on moving the ball. To score big for your business, call ProStar today at 817-892-4250. to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by Abilene Sports Medicine, Hardin-Simmons University, and Lawrence Hall Chevrolet. Touchdown. Now, back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Great to have you with us today. Just catching our show for the very, very first time. Want to find out more about us, you can do so by going to docsandjocks.com. I'm joined each week my co-host, Ferris Potter. Ferris is the voice of Grand Canyon University. And Ferris, uh, coming off those last two segments with Al Pickett, I just want to say uh, what a pleasure it is. The, last night I got to spend three hours with him on a plane talking nothing but great sports stories. The guy has been everywhere, interviewed every athlete you can imagine. We just, believe me, we just touched the tip of the iceberg with those two interviews. But just a wealth of knowledge. I feel like that's where you'll be, uh, you know, you had another 15 years to your career of doing sports for the last, you know, decade or so and and this is amazing to talk to a guy with that much wisdom and knowledge about the sports industry yeah that's the kind of guy you like to just go and grab a cup of coffee with or actually the best thing is go sit and watch a ball game with him you know and just kind of pick their brain for about three hours yeah yeah and the cool thing he said too was uh i thought you know he's been around a lot of coaches and he has been around a lot of teams and he said the greatest thing about any coach is the motivational aspect that they either have or don't have with their players so and that is so true because I've been around a lot of great ones. I've been, the, I've had the pleasure of probably being the winningest team physician maybe in history because I cover Hardin Simmons University, which has been the winningest football team for an entire decade. I mean, they just hardly ever lose. And then I've been the team physician for Wiley High School, who's a perennial, you know, deep in the playoffs team that maybe wins 
you know, loses two games a year. So both of the teams that I take care of, the coaches are extremely motivational. They're able to get the most out of their players. But I, I really do feel that's probably correct. After Al said that, I thought that makes a lot of sense. If you're able to motivate people to be their best, you're going to be a successful coach, really despite the X's and O's. I mean, you got to have good X's and O's too, but I think the, really the key is getting the most out of your players. Well, you know, I think that's a huge part of it, but who was that football coach we had on, and he said it, uh, it actually helps to have great players, too, like great, talented players. So, I mean, <laughs> Coach Jimmy Keeling, so I asked him, I said, Coach Keeling, would you rather have a great athlete or a uh, kid with a, a great, uh, what did I say, uh, a kid with a great heart who will do anything for you? He said, I want the kid with a great heart who's a great athlete. <laughs> that's how he said it. Yeah. Yeah, a great coach that's a great motivator. I'd, I'd probably take a, a coach that can recruit great almost more than can motivate great, but you got to have them both. I mean, he's exactly right. I mean, if you can get – you see some of these teams, they go on these runs, especially in the tournament, just because these coaches get the best out of them. I mean, you see other teams who have way more talent, and the guys just don't want to play. So I think coaching, yeah. especially college athletics and basketball especially, is so undervalued. I mean, you know, NBA, they're all pros and stuff, but I think in college it's it's huge. Yeah. Hey, Ferris, I asked Al who his favorite interview was he's ever done. I know you've done some incredible interviews. Who, who's been your favorite interview over the years, all the different people you've interviewed, uh, whether other coaches, other broadcasters? Obviously, you work with Dan Marley, Coach Stankiewicz. Who's been your favorite interview? Well, um, I'll give you two. Most recently, I got to interview Jerry Colangelo, and it was just a, you know, it was supposed to be a five minute halftime interview, but I, I basically took the entire halftime because I didn't want to let him go. And that was a lot of fun because the guy's done everything. I mean, he was a great player in basketball and baseball uh, growing up in Chicago. He played minor leagues. He coached a team. He was general manager for a team with the Suns. He owned a team. Like, he's done everything. So that was a lot of fun. But the most fun I had was actually back when uh, GCU, uh, we were playing Division One back in 90, I don't know, 5, 6. It was when Nolan Ryan was assistant coach at uh, TCU. And uh, yeah. we went to the game. Nolan was the pitching coach. His kid was on the team. And I was calling the game. And we, I looked down. My buddy Darren Phillip was a SID. I looked down in the, in the dugout. And sitting by there, you know, there's Frank White. And Frank White's kid is playing second base. And he's at the game. So I said, Darren, go see if he'll come on. So Darren went down and said, hey, Frank, will you come on with our guy? He's a big KC fan. Will you come on and just talk to him for a few innings? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to. And Darren came up and said, yeah, he doesn't want to do it. About the fifth inning, he comes walking up and says, yeah, I'll jump on with you. And he was really reticent to be involved and do, you know, analysts or me asking questions. By the end of the game, he's telling me stories about the pine tar incident and how George Brett, <laughs> when that happened, you know, George hit the home run. He comes back, and they're all celebrating. The guy goes, dude, they're going to they're gonna throw you. They're going to disallow the home run. And George's like, if they do that, I'm going to go freaking blank, blank on everybody. <laughs> and so he said when George, when they called him out and George Brett flew out there, he said, we were all laughing so hard. If you notice, nobody goes to get him except the coaches because we're all dying laughing because Brett said, I'm going to go freaking bloop, bloop, bloop if they call me out. <laughs> and he said, then he said, Hauser, Hauser turns around and says, guys, get out there and get him. And then they all go running out. And then somebody grabbed the bat and handed it to Daryl Motley. And Motley ran and put it in the locker room because they couldn't find the bat. But he, he was just started telling stories and, you know, being a guy who grew up <laughs> watching Frank White. That, that was probably my most fun interview. And it was really just as we're calling a game at TCU, he just walked up and said, yeah, I'll do it. Spontaneous. Yeah, that is so cool. I think uh, looking back at our career here at Docs and Jocks Fairs, I think my favorite interview has been uh, Bobby Brown. He was uh, Bobby Brown's, you know, nearly 90 years of age. He was the very first cardiologist in Fort Worth. He then became uh, 
he was a New York Yankee before that. Played from 1948 to 1953 with the New York Yankees. He was Yogi Berra's roommate. He was Joe DiMaggio. He was with Joe DiMaggio's team when they won the 48 World Series. And then he went on and won a World Series with uh, the great Mickey Mantle as a rookie. I mean, there's so many cool stories there. I, I didn't know where to stop and start the interview with uh, the great Bobby Brown. And he was so humble and just a fun, fun interview for a guy that's really seen everything. Well, yeah, those guys are fun, too, just because, man, they, yeah, the, the stories are just uh, unbelievable with those guys. And you get a chance to do it longer. I mean, I I really enjoy, like, the the, the ability to podcast now because, you know, on a radio show, on, we're on, on a game, you've got a certain number of innings. Um, on a radio show, you know, you've got segments. And you usually don't like to – we hold Al over, but you don't like to hold a guy over very often, you know. But on a podcast, yeah. you can have a – you know, you can have a 45-minute hour, two-hour conversation if the guy's having a good time. And it seems like the older these guys get, the more they like to just sit and talk, you know? So that's always a lot of yeah. fun, too. Yeah, they like to impart the wisdom. And I think if you're willing to listen, especially if you're a young young uh, broadcaster like today's show, I mean, sit back and listen to both Al Pickett, who's done it for, you know, almost 40 years now, and you who've done it for a good time. That would be an incredible interview if you're thinking about going into the sports broadcasting world. You just kind of sit and listen and glean the uh, wisdom that comes from listening to guys who have done it before. I think that's the key in sports in general. If you're coachable, you're willing to listen and then put into play what you learn from those who blazed the way before you. But I think that's a key. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I remember when I got interviewed, um, I'd done GCU for like four, four, four years, three years, and one of the guys who wrote for GCU today said, hey, I want to interview about that. And he said, you know, who do you, do you try to emulate anybody? And I thought about it. And I was like, you know, you don't. I don't think you should try to emulate anybody because, like, there's no you can't you can't do Vin Scully, right? You can't do Ernie Harwood. You can't be you can't be you know Jack Buck or even Joe Buck. You know, you just can't do it. Yeah. But I do think you listen to them and they kind of become part of how you try to do things and you pick up things here yeah. and there. Um, so absolutely, spending as much time with them and, and and getting those stories, but also just hearing how they talk and how they look at the game. That to me is what's amazing. You talk a guy like Bobby Brown, or you talk a guy like Frank White. I mean. They look at the game so differently than you or I. I mean, you look at the game differently than I do because you played at a higher level than I did. So those guys that were pros, they just they just have different thoughts about the game and what's important, what's not important, and how they look at the game. And that's always fun to get that wisdom. And it really it really ups your game as well. Yeah, sure does. So, hey, if you ever want to go back and listen to a previous interview we've done, like the Bobby Brown interview, uh, the one we just did with Al Pickett, if you've missed that, you can go to iTunes and just go to our podcast. Click on or subscribe to Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X, and those are there for you to listen to. You can also do that on our website, docsandjocks.com. But we've had incredible interviews over the years. It's one of my favorite, if not the most favorite thing I do here on, on the radio show. Hey, let's jump into some of the sports medicine uh, news right now. I like to call this next segment, uh, I'm going to call it silver lining. And you remember, when you have an injury, it's always devastating, especially when it's to a key person like, the Minnesota Vikings uh, lost Teddy Bridgewater, their star young quarterback, when he had a uh, catastrophic knee injury, when he dislocated his knee and had to have season-ending surgeries. Taken over a year to come back now. He's basically ready to come back. But they went out then and got Sam Bradford, who's been an off-injured uh, quarterback with the ACL rupture, and he ends up having a bruise to his knee. So they go get another quarterback, and they pick up Case Keenum. And Case Keenum, for those who uh, are new to our radio show, Case Keenum is from Abilene, Texas. I was his team physician in, in high school, at Wiley High School, and Case was incredible, as you can imagine, in high school. 
But he now comes on the scene after two guys get injured before him, two very good quarterbacks, and he's come on with the Minnesota Vikings and just really been incredible. I mean, we always talk about, you know, it's devastating the team to have these injuries, but also you got to remember that sometimes the only way a certain player will get a chance to show what he has to do and his abilities, and when you get that chance due to an injury, you have to take it and, and, and run with it. And that's exactly what Case Keenum has done. And either five and one, I'm sorry, six and one the Minnesota Vikings are with Case at the helm. Now that Teddy Bridgewater is ready to come back, guess what? Case Keenum done so well. They're gonna they just announced that he's gonna be the starting quarterback this week, and I think deservedly so. What's your take, Ferris, from an outsider who doesn't know the Case Keenum the family, doesn't know Case Keenum from high school? Do you think they should go with Teddy Bridgewater or stick with Case Keenum who's six and one? Well, I think you stick with odd hand. I mean, I've never understood this. Oh, you can't lose your job for an injury. Of course you can. If the guy comes in as better than you or he's playing at a high level, why would you disrupt that? Now, is Teddy Bridgewater overall have a higher ceiling than Case Keenum? Maybe. But if you're running and things are humming along, I, I don't see why you need to make the change. But it's also the head scratcher to me, Dr. Dan. Everywhere Case goes, he's still the same size. He's still got the same tools. And he always wins. He always succeeds. And nobody will yeah. like say, this is our guy. And it, it's the head-scratcher yeah. because he's not 6'5", you know, and doesn't throw 150 miles an hour. They go, oh, well, he can't be a starter. But every time he gets a chance, he plays well. I, I don't get the NFL. So I'm standing on the sidelines. This is a Wiley in a 2005, I believe it was. It was Case Keenum's junior year. And he's in high school, and, and uh, we are in the state championship football game. And I'm standing next to Dave Campbell, the, the uh, high, Texas High School Bible, as far as the magazine goes. Dave Campbell's high school, Texas High School football magazine is what we all get our information from and, and understand Texas high school football. It's, it's the, it, it is the premier publication. So I'm standing by the, the writers who are there to watch the state championship game. And before the game, they say, uh, well, what do you think about your team's chances? They're talking to me. I'm, I'm in team position, so I'm always standing down there by all the, the press and all those people. And I said, well, all I know is that uh, this team has been special all year long and that our quarterback, Case Keenum, is incredibly special as a player, as an athlete, and just as a leader. And they say, well, you know, I, I think that's probably going to come to an end tonight. The other team, I think it was Cuero that we played, uh, they, they have a better overall uh, offensive scheme, and I don't think your quarterback, Case Keenum, has the tools to overcome their defense. And uh, they said, I think you're going you're gonna to get pretty soundly beat. And uh, what I said was, and, and, and I think it still applies to him in the NFL, he's been like this, he had the same song and dance in college and then in the NFL. I told him, I said, all I know is that Case is able to extend plays. He's so athletic, he's able to roll out, throw on the, you know, when he rolls out, he's able to throw on a dime. He is uh, able to uh, do play action extremely well. If the play seems like he's breaking down, Case has the ability to extend that play. He's incredibly efficient at an offense. He, he just is able to move it down methodically down the field. And it seems like the bigger the moment, the bigger the spotlight, the better Case plays. And sure enough, the game came down to the fourth quarter, the game where Wiley is behind, Case has the ball, we're on our own 10-yard line. He takes him down the field. The last play before we kick the game-winning field goal, we're, we're fourth and like 15. Case has the ball. He runs this incredible scramble. He misses like three or four tackles, gets through them, runs it all the way down to like their five-yard line. We kick the game-winning field goal, and the guys were standing there right next to me, the Dave Campbell sports writers, 
And they looked at me and they said, well, I guess you had that right. And that's exactly what Case Keenum has been his entire career. A guy that's been underrated, who comes in in any situation, is able to excel, and the bigger the moment, the bigger the spotlight, the better he does. But that's been that way his whole career, Ferris. So when you find it a head-scratcher for you in the NFL, I've seen it as a head-scratcher in high school. I saw it as a head-scratcher when no Division One team really took a, wanted to take a chance on him. He, uh, Art Bryles gave him a chance at Houston. He only became the most prolific, most efficient, the greatest college quarterback of all time. And now he's getting a chance in the NFL. And guess what? Once again, Case Keenum is shining. So I'm a huge Case Keenum fan. And, yeah, I think he needs the chance to shine because he's that good. Well, and if you look at it from Minnesota's standpoint, it's, it's kind of a win-win, right? Because you got Case, and if Teddy really is healthy, you get him some reps, you get him in some practices, and if, God forbid, Case doesn't perform or something happens, it's not bad to throw Teddy in there, right? So I yeah. I just think, I think you, I mean, look, Belichick did it. I mean, people forget Tom Brady was not supposed to be the starter that year. He came in to play that first Super Bowl they won because Drew Bledsoe got hurt. And Bledsoe was healthy and ready to go a couple weeks before the playoffs, but Brady hadn't, hadn't lost, so they just kept with him, you know. So I, yeah. I just, I think it's a no-brainer. You you keep with the hot hand, and if something happens or if he gets, you know, if he can't if he can't perform, you can always go to Bridgewater uh, after that. Yeah, and one of the things too I think that was really telling about Case Keenum is he has incredible work ethic. Jared Goff, who uh, Keenum was on the the uh, St. Louis Rams, Los Angeles, I guess it was Los Angeles Rams last year, and. He had a really telling thing about Case Keenum. Jared Goff said, I learned my work ethic from watching Case Keenum in the NFL. So here's a guy, you know, Case Keenum is playing in front of the number one pick that year, Jared Goff, and he's working his tail off to try and keep that job. And and Jared Goff, who's had an exceedingly great sophomore year, now attributes his work ethic to watching Case Keenum. I think it's why a guy who's six foot, you know, probably weighs around 200 pounds, doesn't have a prototypical look at the NFL. He's that good. And so that's what I think what's what makes Case Keenum great. So hey, we'll be right back with more Doc Doc after the fourth course of break. We'll be right back. Ouch, my knee is killing me. You know you need an MRI. That's what your doctor said. I know, I know, but it's gonna cost three, four thousand dollars. Well, it could, but did you tell him that you wanted to go to MDI? MDI? Medical Diagnostic Imaging of Abilene. MDI will save us thousands of dollars. Let me show you. Here, look at the MDI website. Wow, and that's with or without insurance? If you need a CAT scan or MRI, you have a choice. Before you go anywhere else, call MDI for a free price quote. Call 325-695-4624 or go online to mdiofabilene.com. Now that we've saved all that money and my knee is fixed, I think I need a new set of clubs. (laughs) No, we're getting new carpet in the living room. That's MDI of Abilene. Relax. You have a choice. Call 325-695-4624 and make sure you tell them you heard about it on Docs and Jocks. No one burns calories like Firehouse Subs. Introducing our hearty and flavorful under 500 calorie menu. Steaming hot sriracha beef, hook and ladder light, turkey cranberry, and more. Six new subs, four new salads, overflowing with flavor under 500 calories. And starting at only $5.49. Under 500 calories never tasted so hearty and flavorful. Firehouse Subs. One bite, one taste, you're hooked. 
When it comes to electric prices, do what the Cowboys do and trust ProStar Energy Services to perform for your business. Every company uses electricity. That part's simple, but getting a good deal on electricity isn't. That's why the Cowboys rely on ProStar's team to secure the lowest electricity price available. Let us draft a strategy to help your business beat the competition with bottom line savings on your electric bill and custom solutions that keep your team focused on moving the ball. To score big for your business, call ProStar today at 817-892-4250. You're listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by Joe Walker State Farm Insurance, Visual Edge, and Texas Sport and Spine. Touchdown. Now, back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, and you are listening to your sports medicine radio show. My name is Dr. Dan, a longtime sports medicine physician with Texas Sport and Spine. I'm actually on the road today, so if I sound like I'm uh, speaking through a phone, I am. And so I'm actually in Portland, Oregon, with the Hardin-Simmons University of football team, and we're playing uh, Linfield, who is out in Portland, Oregon, and uh, we're getting ready to take them on tomorrow. Number five in the country, taking on number 10 in the country. My co-host this week is Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University, longtime sports broadcaster. And Ferris, I mean, I'm pumped about the game tomorrow. They're going to play. It's a noontime start, and uh, number five taking on number 10. And it always all, it seems like for Hardin-Simmons, the path always leads through either Linfield who is a perennial uh, Division Three powerhouse in all, all their sports, or Mary Harden-Baylor, who uh, the winner of this game will most likely take on uh, after this win. And so uh, the Harden-Simmons Cowboys have the work cut out for them, but it seems like the team's ready. I love Division Three football because it feels like these guys are playing for nothing but the love of the game. I just I love watching Division Three football. Oh, man, Linfield, I hate those guys. <laughs> I know. I'm going to go get them. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about Mary Harden Baylor too. I, you know, I'm in Phoenix. I don't know much about Division Three football or about, you know, who's the best teams of Division Three football. But I've heard Mary Harden Baylor so many times. I want to pound Linfield and then I want to pound Mary Harden Baylor. Let's just do it. Get it done. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I like your attitude, man. I love the attitude. Hey, but speaking of getting pounded, man, the Rockets go out and beat your Phoenix Suns last night. And let's face it, the Suns just aren't really, really good this year in uh, basketball, but. They put up put up 116. The problem was the Rockets scored 142. And the sports medicine angle to this story, Ferris, is that Chris Paul, the former Los Angeles Clipper, who's now with the Houston Rockets after the offseason trade, he made his return. He had missed a month with a, a bruised knee, and, and that's a tough diagnosis to make. A bruised knee can mean so many different things. But he missed a month with that injury to his knee, and he goes out in his debut back with the Houston Rockets he gets a double-double with 11 points and 10 assists in 21 minutes. Only had one turnover, so Chris Paul looked everything uh, Chris Paul-like last night. James Harden goes out with the Houston Rockets and scores 48 points, 7 assists. Listen to this, Ferris. They had 90 points against the Suns in the first half. It's a, it's a franchise record. So tell us a little bit about your Phoenix Suns and uh, if they have a chance this year. And, man, what do you think about Chris Paul making his debut and doing a double double you want to know something about the suns yeah yeah they're they're they're, they're really bad <laughs> yeah they let they them fired 90 the, and a look, half. hey you know a franchise is in disarray when they talk about how great they're going to be and they love their coach and it's their 50th anniversary and they fire him three games into the season and they and then they <laughs> tell their best player bledsoe not to come back because he tweets out i don't want to be here anymore and when the gm says Hal calls in his office and says, why are you tweeting you don't want to be here? He goes, well, I was at the beauty salon with my wife, and I was tweeting I don't want to be there. And the guy says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suspend you indefinitely. 
and then you make a trade of Bledsoe and the guy you get in return, and Bledsoe's a very good asset. The trade you get, guy you get in return, you're like, yeah, we might just cut that guy. What? It's a it's it's a train wreck over there. It's a train wreck in Phoenix. Yeah, they let up ninety in that one half, man. Ninety. If they were on pace to score. It's like an NBA All Star game defense they were playing with the Phoenix Suns last night. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you you could look at it and say the Rockets had a bad game because they scored 90 in the first half and they only scored 52 in the second half. What's wrong with the Rockets? <laughs> they should have scored 180. I mean, come on. Yeah. Of course, they took James Harden out after he uh, he scored, uh, I believe, 45 in the first half, something ridiculous. So they took him out pretty early. But, man, uh, it, it it's Speaking of diagnoses that really mean nothing in the sports medicine world, and this is this is the Chris Paul story. They'll put things like bruised knee, and it could be a bone bruise to his knee. That is a real legitimate injury. Sometimes you can come down awkwardly, and the bones will—it's called a kissing lesion. Not this, this is a family show fair, so don't go anywhere with that. But the bones come down and kiss each other, and they knock against each other, and then it causes a, a bruise to the bone. So there is a bone bruise. I didn't say that. I said a bruised knee. A bruise is just a contusion, right? So. A soft tissue contusion to the knee is not going to keep you out for a month. So, you know, there's those jump diagnoses like, oh, sprained back, bruised knee. Uh, what do we always say about forearm tightness in a pitcher? You know, that, that that's like code word that's for That's the precursor uh, to Tommy, Tommy John right there. Getting ready for Tommy John surgery. So I would put the bruised knee diagnosis in that uh, trash diagnosis. It really means nothing. And so, uh, but it, I guarantee you, the uh, the uh, Rockets now are setting sights on the Golden State Warriors because, you know, that's what everybody in the West is gunning for. But with a full tilt, James Harden, who's able to put up, you know, 48 points, and if you get Chris Paul going, who's able to dish out 10 assists a game, I'm telling you what, they can at least give them a game. I mean, they may not be able to beat the Golden State Warriors or Kevin Durant, but it's going to be a match. Don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. <laughs> There's a yeah, big gotta, gap between those teams. Hey, look, I mean, you're you're right when you say Phoenix didn't play a lick of defense. They're they're not going to play teams that play are that horrible on defense and have no commitment to defense. I mean, that's that's the embarrassing thing for the Suns, and I think for the Suns organization, is that you've got some of the best athletes on the planet. You've got some great athletes. So if they wanted to, they could play D. And Dan Marley says it all the time. Everybody says it. Barkley rebounding and defense is all about want to. It's it's a lot less about athleticism, but you put that all that great athleticism in there, you just they just don't want to play defense, and that, that's that's sad. And you guys are making millions of dollars. They're coming out playing. People are paying fifty, sixty, one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars for tickets, and you just don't want to, so you don't. I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Hey, speaking of which, you probably can't speak to this because you're the Grand Canyon University sports broadcaster, but there has to be rumors in Phoenix that Dan Marley at some point in time is going to be asked to be the Phoenix coach especially if he uh, has, a let's say, a year or two of success with Grand Canyon University and their transition into Division One, He's probably the most loved, beloved uh, former Phoenix Sun out there. He's coaching basketball at the collegiate level in Phoenix. You can't tell me that if he's not successful, there won't be some rumor going around that he's going to be the next Phoenix Suns coach when this thing is currently, you know, as you said, is, is currently a debacle. Well, it all comes down to egos. Uh, we know owners don't make smart decisions when their egos get involved, and they say some of the dumbest things ever. And when Robert Sarver got rid of Alvin Gentry, he said, um, you know, Dan Marley interviewed and didn't feel like he got a good interview. And Dan left, and Dan said some things, and Sarver said some things. And, you know, so 
Um, there's not a great relationship there, but yes, the smartest thing Robert Sarver could do would be to hire Dan Marley after this year because he is he is a, a Suns legend. This is like his second hometown here in Phoenix, and uh, you know it would be great PR. And I think Dan's a whale of a coach too. Now that would stink for GCU, but you know obviously y'all grow up. I mean, if you got the chance to be the team doctor for the St. Louis Cardinals or to be, you know, work in their front office, that would be like a dream come true. And that's always been Dan's dream, I think, to be the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. So if it came up, but there's a lot there's a lot to bury there. But I look, the way LeBron James left Cleveland and what Dan Gilbert said about him, and then those guys five years later are back together, anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. Money speaks. Absolutely. And you know the other thing, the Suns have a history of hiring their you know, most beloved son. They did that with Paul Westfall and had a very successful run with Paul Westfall during the, uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, You know, Westfall's been out of the game so long. Um, I think Marley would be the guy. Now, I don't know if Dan, I mean, I, look, if somebody offers you a head coaching job, even if, the, even if it's a train wreck, you know, I mean, there's not that many of them, so you probably take it, right? <laughs> Regardless yeah. of when you look at the right. talent and go, well, we got some really good players, but we were also a long ways. I mean, this team could win 25 games this year. That's it. So you'd much rather step into a 50-win team like Eric Spolstra did or a team that can compete yeah. right away. But having said that, you got to take it. If you, I mean, I think you got to take it if you get offered it. Nobody at GCU would, you know, fault Dan for doing that. But you know, when when they fired when they fired the first coach Watson, it, Dan's name came up, and Dan said not going to happen, and Sarver said not going to happen. But you know, you do a transition year. Yeah, anything can happen. We've seen it. We see it way too many times. I know. Well, you'll have to give us a form here on Docs and Jocks, the success Dan Marley's having there at Grand Canyon University, to uh, know if he might be offered that job later on. That'd be, we'll have our insider scoop with you just knowing how good he does. Yeah, I mean, look, in, he never had been a head coach in his life, and in four years of transitioning, meaning you inherited D2 players, and you can't compete for the NCAA tournament for four years, so it's hard to recruit. He won 81 games. He averaged 20 wins a season. His last two years, he averaged 25 wins a season. So the, the guy can coach. I mean, he's, he's, and his, his coaching is what the Suns need. It's hard work and defense. That's, he demands it or you don't play. So I think right. he'd be a perfect fit for the Suns. But, you know, who knows? Hey, to, to prove my point further that maybe the Houston Rockets might have a chance against the Golden State Warriors, which you think I'm crazy for saying that. Well, here the we Boston go. Celtics the Boston Celtics last night go out and they win their 14th game in a row, so they're legit. And they beat the Golden State Warriors 92 to 88. A big win for them. The sports medicine story, I guess, more of a the human interest story in this uh, game last night. Their swingman for the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown, he had learned just hours before the game that his best friend from childhood had died in Atlanta. The cause of death hasn't been released yet. Mm. And uh, he wasn't going to play in the game. He said he couldn't get his thoughts together. His mom called him and basically said, hey, you, you need to do this for Jalen. Go out and play the best game of your life. And sure, he, he did. He went out and played an incredible game. Everyone said that the way Jalen Brown played was possessed and most likely inspired by the death of his friend. But it looks like the Boston Celtics, who are really truly a contender, I mean, they're they're looking good. They did go out and beat the, uh, the vaunted uh, – you know, Golden State Warriors, who everybody says is going to be the team to beat again in the in the NBA championship. So they are beatable, and the Rockets have James Harden and Chris Paul now. But the Boston Celtics looked good last night. Speak to the, speak to uh, how we've talked about this before. When you have tragedy in your life, whether it's a medical illness, losing a family member, being diagnosed with a bad uh, 
situation, it can often focus and inspire you like nothing else, like Jalen Brown did last night. Yeah, we see it a lot, right? I mean, especially for high performers anyways. Um, that focus of also we see guys that sometimes play their best when they're at they, when they're sick or when they have an illness going on, you know, because um, you just, you, you know, you're a high performer and you just turn that on. And, yeah, so if, if your mom convinces you, hey, do this for your buddy, then you go out and you play like a man possessed. But this is a, the Celtics team. I mean, gosh, they lost Gordon Hayward in, the, what, the first game, like 15 minutes into the season. So they've been playing with some, obviously not as bad of a tragedy as somebody dying, right? But. Um, right. They've been they've been playing. You know they've had they've had punches in the gut all year already, and so um, yeah they they're they're a nice looking team. I mean they're a very nice looking team. And uh, you know Al 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 actually asked a guy who's been drafted by uh, basketball and baseball the same the same year. Well, that was Danny Ainge, right? Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. The Blue Jays and the Celtics, and Danny's the GM there, and he's just a winner himself. So you know he put a good team together, uh, and you know I think they could challenge the Wizards and. Cleveland and all that stuff, but I just tell you right now, the Warriors are winning it. We know it. Put it down. <laughs> write it in ink. It's done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it is amazing how the Warriors, and they just have a team that seems like they're built for the playoffs. I mean, when you put Kevin Durant in, in an already great team, it just seemed like there's just no way to stop that team. Because any given night, Steph Curry can beat you, Clay Thompson can, can beat you, uh, Kevin Durant can beat you, Draymond Green. Any given night, there's multiple players that can have a just go off and beat you. Whereas, if the Rockets are going to win, James Harden's going to have to go off, right? He just has to. So, as opposed to having to shut down one player, maybe two, you, for the for the Warriors to lose, you got to shut down the entire team, which is near impossible when you have Steph Curry who can get the ball off with literally three guys in his face on one dribble. It's just it's just so it's just such an incredible collection of talent maybe the best dynasty if they continue doing what they're doing that we'll see you know for a long time well remind you of the bulls right because i mean scotty oh, yeah. pippen one of the scotty pippen one of the 50 greatest players of all time was the second best player in that team horace grant was like the third best you got clay thompson is the yeah. third best player on that team you know draymond green's the yeah. fourth best player so yeah yeah i mean they they have an opportunity to do something uh, pretty special there. But I, I never count out King. The King, as he calls himself, LeBron, you can never count him out because he can single-handedly win, win stuff for you. He's done it. Oh, yeah, we've seen him do it over and over again. He is the one factor that you just can't rule out on any given game. If LeBron has his style of game that is so rare in any sport that you just cannot stop LeBron James when he's on, he's just that good and that that unbelievable. So, hey, Doctor Dan, yeah. in the in the last like thirty seconds of, of the of this segment, if you're LeBron James and your your time is about up in Cleveland, do, do is it, are you lowering yourself if you pick a team and go to him to try to win? Like if you do, if you go to L.A. the Lakers and you convince Paul George to go with you and you do this whole super team a second time, are you somehow is that bad or is is that what you'd be thinking if you're LeBron? Oh, that's what I'd be thinking about as LeBron. Why would you want to go in a rebuilding situation? But you are the king, man. Your king doesn't go uh, spend time with others. He tries to figure out how to get other people up with him to win another title, man. When it all comes down to it at the end, it's how many rings you have on your finger. LeBron has a few more fingers. So, no, I think LeBron goes to L.A., probably takes Paul George with him and has a dynasty out there as well. It'll be fun to watch. It's great for the show. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, speaking, yeah. Hey, speaking of great for the show, we have on our middle minute with Tracy Mutton coming up. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. A freshman football player at a D1 university. 
This football player had a great work ethic and, of course, was trying to win a spot on the roster. So at practices, he was constantly giving 100%. At the end of one of his practices, several older teammates approached him and told him he needed to take it down a notch. Now, you would think that members of a team would love it when other teammates work exceptionally hard and give it all they have on the field. Sadly, this isn't always the case. These athletes want to do the minimum amount to get by and still play, and therefore are threatened by teammates who want to put in the work to get better every day. The great Alabama football coach Nick Saban once said, Mediocre people don't like overachievers, and overachievers don't like mediocre. This freshman football player has to have the mental strength to continue doing what he's doing without falling to the pressure to do less. This is a tough spot to be in, but hopefully in the end he will inspire other teammates to work harder. Here at the Edge Mental Strength Training, we work with athletes to develop their character and work ethic to be the best teammate and athlete possible. If you would like to learn more, you can contact us by clicking on our link at docsandjocks.com. This has been your Mental Strength Minute. Ouch, my knee is killing me. You know you need an MRI. That's what your doctor said. I know, I know, but it's going to cost three, $4,000? Well, it could, but did you tell him that you wanted to go to MDI? MDI? Medical Diagnostic Imaging of Abilene. MDI will save us thousands of dollars. Let me show you. Here, look at the MDI website. Wow, and that's with or without insurance? If you need a CAT scan or MRI, you have a choice. Before you go anywhere else, call MDI for a free price quote. Call 325-695-4624 or go online to mdiofabilene.com. Now that we've saved all that money and my knee is fixed, I think I need a new set of clubs. (laughs) No, we're getting new carpet in the living room. That's MDI of Abilene. Relax. You have a choice. Call 325-695-4624 and make sure you tell them you heard about it on Docs and Jocks. No one burns calories like Firehouse Subs. Introducing our hearty and flavorful under 500 calorie menu. Steaming hot sriracha beef, hook and ladder light, turkey cranberry, and more. Six new subs, four new salads, overflowing with flavor under 500 calories. And starting at only $5.49. Under 500 calories never tasted so hearty and flavorful. Firehouse Subs. One bite, one taste, you're hooked. When it comes to electric prices, do what the Cowboys do and trust ProStar Energy Services to perform for your business. Every company uses electricity. That part's simple, but getting a good deal on electricity isn't. That's why the Cowboys rely on ProStar's team to secure the lowest electricity price available. Let us draft a strategy to help your business beat the competition with bottom line savings on your electric bill and custom solutions that keep your team focused on moving the ball. To score big for your business, call ProStar today at 817-892-4250. You're listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by Sylvan Learning Center, Dr. Melton Chiropractic, and Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Touchdown. Now, back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Great to have you listening to our show today. Just catching up for the very first time. Want to find out more about our show? You can do so by going to docsandjocks.com, or you can listen to our iTunes app anywhere, anytime at Docs and Jocks. Just subscribe there. Remember, you can also listen to us and follow us on social media by going to docsandjocks.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. I'm joined each week by my co-host, Ferris Potter. And Ferris, I thought we'd have one of our good, uh, great friends on. He's one of our sponsors of our show, Matt Sullivan. And Matt works with Sylvan Learning Center where, you know, we talk a lot of times, Ferris, about all the 
different ways physically you can improve your performance with athletics by whether it's training more, it's uh, eating right, sleeping right. But we also sometimes forget that when you're looking at trying to get a college scholarship, you know, you can do so, you can make yourself much more attractive to college coaches if you're an athlete, if you also have great academics. And that's what Sylvan Learning Center tries to do for athletes. And Matt, explain that to our listening audience, what you do at Sylvan Learning Center and how you can help athletes. Sure, Dr. Dan, I'd be glad to talk about it. It's a, a real passion of mine. Um, I think one of the first ways that academics plays into athletics is in the recruiting process. Uh, as a high school athlete preparing to get recruited by college coaches, one of the things that you'll do in the process is you'll have to fill out a, um, a form on the NCAA Clearinghouse, which requires your SAT and ACT scores. Uh, and the reason that is, is is a number of reasons. Really, one is you need to have the academic uh, requirements to get accepted to the university aside from your athletic ability. And then and second, uh, college coaches, when they're recruiting athletes, it, it sure is a big plus if they know I'm not going to have to worry about this kid in the classroom. If you start watching college football around uh, Christmas time and, and bowl season, you'll see every year where certain uh, college football players become academically ineligible during the most important time of the year, which is bowl season. And so right. just knowing that as a college coach that this kid is not going to be a liability in the classroom is a, is a huge value add when you're looking at a, a, at a student athlete apart from their ac- uh, athletic abilities. I just had a talk this morning with, uh, I'm following with the uh, Hardin-Sippe University team. I'm traveling with them, and I was talking to one of their coaches, and they said, man, we really, really try and recruit players, great athletes, that also are good in the classroom because it makes our job so much easier if we can focus on basically their athletics and not have to be focusing on trying to get them to be able to be eligible to play in the game. But that was a, that was a discussion I had this morning with a football coach who was recruiting players all the time. The other thing, Matt, is that the academics rem- remind our audience that it stays with you your entire life. So it's not just about getting a college scholarship, but it's something that will help you get a better job. It'll be something that'll help you through life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, if you watch college football or, or college athletics in general, you, a lot of times you'll see in the broadcast where they say, uh, and this coach graduates this percentage of his student-athletes. So at some point their their college career or their professional career is going to come to an end. Uh, and And I always say that the education side of things is one of the only non-depreciating assets you'll ever have. You know, you could, yeah. you could be well past your athletic career and still be using some of the tools that you gained in the classroom. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even for myself, I, I am no longer playing sports and um, I don't put on the jersey anymore and, it, and you have to rely on something besides just your athletic prowess. Right. Ferris, did you have a question for Matt Sullivan with Silver Learning Center? Hey, Matt, um, you got to have some, some great stories, obviously, but I would imagine one of the biggest things is when you see those kids come in, because I, I, I'd imagine a lot of them come in and think, oh, I just can't do this, I can't learn this stuff, and then you guys obviously have a system where you teach them probably more so how to learn than anything and uh, really can, can kind of turn their life around, and that, mm-hmm. can, that can follow them the entire, the entire rest of their life with anything they're trying to learn. Right. Well, it's very much like athletics in, in terms of mindset and confidence, you know, if you're a if you're an athlete stepping up to the free throw line and you don't feel like you're going to make the shot, chances are you're not going to make the shot. Same thing in the classroom. One of the big things we work on is developing their confidence and their ability to not only know it but know that they know it. 
And so the way we do that is we diagnose where their academic deficiencies are, uh, somewhat like watching game film for athletics, you know, you know, looking at your golf swing or looking at your baseball swing, trying to figure out where yeah. the holes are. We do the same thing from an academic standpoint, identify those holes, build a program to those holes, fix those holes, and then the outcome is high levels of confidence and high levels of success. Hey, Matt, if someone, uh, one of our listening audience, a uh, parent of an athlete or an athlete, hears your, this interview and wants to be involved with Sylvan Learning Center, how do they become involved and how can they contact you? Say so a couple things. You can go to our website, sylvanlearning.com, search the local Sylvan Learning Center based on zip code, and you can fill out a web form and we'll contact you, uh, or you can contact our local center here in Abilene. Uh, we have uh, students from Abilene and the surrounding area. The number there is 325-691-0646. Or you can email me directly. It's matthew at sylvanabilene.com. Uh, any All of right. those. Well, thanks so much, Matt. Man, I appreciate you not only uh, helping these athletes uh, you know, reach their life goals and helping them stay on the field, but I also appreciate you sponsoring Docs and Jocks and let us bring this show to the uh, – multiple radio stations we do across the country. Thank you so much. You bet. Appreciate what y'all do. All right. Well, Ferris, uh, we just have a few minutes here left on Docs and Jocks. Hey, for, for our listening audience in the Phoenix area, give us a quick update on Grand Canyon University and how the basketball team is doing and how some of the other teams are doing right now. 2-0, and bas- men's basketball, playing uh, Saturday night, Monday. Um, doing well. Got a great team. Coach Marley's got them coached up. They're really deep this year, which is nice. And, of course, you know, eligible now for the tournament for the first time so uh everything's geared toward winning the conference winning the whack and getting into march madness which would be the first time in school history which uh obviously would be pretty cool uh casey benson a big addition you know he played for oregon for three years as one of the i think he's got the second most wins in the history of oregon basketball and he graduated after three years and uh, came back to play in his hometown as his his a senior year or his graduate year um women's soccer men's soccer both made the tournament first time they got in first time eligible and um yeah things are looking good man and by the way too dr dan i know near and dear to your heart that baseball stadium is coming along it's going to be about a 35 seat stadium and some folks from your neck of the woods that are pretty good i think are going to open up that stadium in february uh tcu's coming out to play gcu to open our stadium and i, oh, I wow. think they're pretty good right i think texas christian's pretty good yeah, the Horned Frogs are a perennial powerhouses in college baseball, no doubt about it. Always in the College World Series. What a tough series to open up with Grand Canyon. Their first Division One, truly Division One, non you know, through the transitionary period. TCU, man, bringing you might as well come out with a bang if you're going to come out and do it. Go big or go home is the uh, phrase we use in Texas. Well, you know, all the coaches have that that opinion of, hey, if you want to be top twenty-five, you got to play the top twenty-five. You got to beat them, but you initially got to just be on the same field with them and see how they do, but they, how they conduct their business, uh, and yeah. start doing it the same way. Well, you know, the same thing has happened with the Dallas Cowboys right now. They're getting ready to take on the number one team in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Dallas Cowboys, Ferris, you would agree that they proved that uh, not having a strong left tackle uh, with Tyron Smith out last week. They let up eight sacks, four of which were let up by uh, Tyron Smith's backup, Chaz Green. Now they're saying that uh, they're probably going to try and bring in uh, Byron Bell, uh, who's been moved up. But, man, I think if you do, if you have a weakness in the NFL, you are going to get exposed. And Tyron Smith being out with his groin injury, the groin strain that he had, 
and you know something about that, Paris. You've had a lot of groin injuries in your life. Just then, one, then, just one, but it was the worst ever groin injury in the history of groin ever. injuries. But what a what a difference maker that was him being out last week, and the, and the Cowboys' offensive line was a sieve, which we haven't seen for the last few years because one, the offensive line's been great; they've been healthy. You get Doug Free in retirement. You get a couple guys that uh, leave the team because of injuries. And man, it's tough. It, it was a game difference. It was a, it was a difference maker. Oh, geez, yeah. I mean that that that's why um that's why those guys make as much money as they do make. But I say that we say it all the time, right? I mean, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you've probably got the skills to be really good. But if you're running for your life, you ain't going to be good whether you're Tom Brady or I mean. Aaron Rodgers can kind of run for his life and throw it 90 yards back against his body, but there's few and far between with those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the other problem with the Dallas Cowboys right now is the great Sean Lee, who, by the way, he's been on Docs and Jocks, and if you want to hear the Sean Lee interview with the Dallas Cowboys linebacker, you can do so by going to docsandjocks.com, or you can listen to our iTunes app, Docs and Jocks, and a great interview with Sean Lee there. But Sean Lee did not participate in practice. He may miss up to three games with a hamstring strain. The Cowboys are just not the same team without Sean without Sean Lee playing linebacker. They are without him they are one in five now without Sean Lee and uh, if you don't have him probably gonna move Anthony Hitchens to his spot. Then you're gonna have uh, Jalen Smith playing more. Man, no Sean Lee on defense, no Tyron Smith on offense. <laughs> I don't know. This is look this is this is looking like this matchup might be pretty rough on the Dallas Cowboys this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Isn't that amazing how, how certain – I mean, Sean Lee's obviously a great player, too, so they miss his play on the field. But just how some people are just leaders and they just embody the spirit of the team. And you might not think you will, but you just don't quite have it when they're not around. I mean, I think of Yadier Molina with the, with the Cardinals. You know, there are better players on the Cardinals than him, quote-unquote, players. But when he's not around, he's the guy you miss the most. And same with Sean Lee. It's like you, you kind of miss that guy more than anybody when he's just not there. Yeah, it's, it's, when you watch the Dallas Cowboys, it seems like Sean Lee is in on every play on defense. Like he's around the ball all the time. I once heard of this uh, guy said, uh, man, that player, he seems like he's not that fast, but he's, but he's always a big part of the, uh, of the basketball team. What position does he play? And his friend said apparently he plays around the ball. That's exactly what Sean Lee does. He's around the ball all the time. It seems like every play coming off the off the pile, you see Sean Lee is wrapped around the guy's ankles or knees, and he's just he's just there. He's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's just the most determined, and he reads plays really really quick, and he's in the right spot at the right time to always be in the play. So I think that's why you miss him because when you take him out, it's literally like taking a defensive player off the field every play because he was going to be there had he been on the field. But he's just that good. Yeah, that's a great one. Where do, where do you play? Wherever the ball's at. I, I tell you this story all the time, the great ones. I, I, saw, I saw Wayne Gretzky skate one time. He was with the Kings. It was later in his career. We were sitting in the very back row of the, of the arena. I mean, way up there. And as you watched, even if you didn't know him, he just skated differently than everybody else. He wasn't as fast. He wasn't as strong. But he just looked different. And every time the puck was like going somewhere, he wasn't where it was at that moment. He was where it was going to be. And he just showed up there. And it was unbelievable. Like, it was just unbelievable to watch him. How he did it was so different from everybody else. And you could see it. It was yeah. palpable. Yeah. That would be a good analogy. The Wayne Gretzky of hockey and Sean Lee at middle linebacker. They just seem to be in the right spot 
at the right time. The other problem with the Cowboys this weekend, the Eagles are getting back their number one cornerback who's been out all season, Ronald Darby. He's been out with an ankle uh, dislocation following game one, so he comes back. So they get their shutdown cornerback. Uh, the Cowboys find out that Sean Lee is not going to play, and Tyron Smith is going to be a game-time decision. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's turning out to be the perfect storm for the Cowboys when Carson Wentz is already being, you know, doing his great thing. And now you know Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know. It's just it's going to be a rough game for the Cowboys. Yeah, they'll be all right. Uh, yeah, I'm, predicting yeah, a, a, I'm predicting a three-touchdown win by the Cowboys. There you go. Yeah, and that's the thing about the NFL. You never know. I'm saying all this, and you just never know. Hey, speaking of, uh, there's a couple studies I read this weekend, just for those who are out there who are baseball players who are doing off-season training. There was a study that came out on weighted baseball throwing. and So this has been kind of a craze in, in uh, young youth baseball where you take these weighted balls and they come in different colors to, to correlate which weight you're throwing with. And it was found that they, they took 30 pitchers, 15 of them did the weighted ball off-season training, 15 of them did the normal ball, just regular pitching off a of mound training. It was found that of the 15 weighted ball throwers, three of them were seriously injured and had to stop the, the study, and one of them it required season-ending surgery. So I'm, saying the, I'm not saying the weighted balls can't make you throw harder, but remember when you're doing any activity, whether it's football doing heavy, heavy maxed-out power cleans, whether it's a baseball player throwing weighted balls, remember you can get better doing some dangerous activities, but you're doing it at a pretty high risk. And when you're talking about overhead throwing athletes, I would be incredibly careful about doing things that put your arm at risk. And I think weighted ball training would now be classified in that category for me as being too risky, even though there may be some benefits. So just wanted to give you an update on a study that looked at some of the techniques that are being used to try and make pitchers throw faster. So anyway, you never know. when. You, remember, there's always people trying to sell you stuff too, Ferris. So you never know if they're just trying to sell you something or if it really works. And if it works, you have to ask yourself at what cost. I don't think the weighted ball training program would be something I'd have my young son doing if I was um, a, a baseball dad, which I am, so we don't do it. But it, there's some things that are just too risky. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just, just throwing a ball, you know. I mean, doing long toss, doing different throwing programs has been proven to get guys stronger and strengthen their arms, so why not just stick with that? Yeah, do the thing that works, that mimic the activity that you're going to be doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree, so... Hey, Ferris, uh, this has been a show, show that's been way too short. I want to say thank you to all our guests, including the great Al Pickett, as well as Matt Sullivan. My, uh, if, uh, if you can't hear me as well today, and I've been on the phone, man, I send my apologies, but I'm out doing my job here at the team position with Hartford University. Uh, joined by my co-host each week, Ferris Potter. Ferris, thanks so much for getting on. From all of us here at Doc and Jocks, we'll see you next week at Sports Best Radio Show. So long. Ouch, my knee is killing me. You know you need an MRI. That's what your doctor said. I know, I know, but it's going to cost three, $4,000? Well, it could, but did you tell him that you wanted to go to MDI? MDI? Medical Diagnostic Imaging of Abilene. MDI will save us thousands of dollars. Let me show you. Here, look at the MDI website. Wow, and that's with or without insurance? If you need a CAT scan or MRI, you have a choice. Before you go anywhere else, call MDI for a free price quote. Call 325-695-4624 or go online to mdiofabilene.com. Now that we've saved all that money and my knee is fixed, I think I need a new set of clubs. <laughs> no, we're getting new carpet in the living room. That's MDI of Abilene. Relax. You have a choice. Call 325-695-4624. 
and make sure you tell them you heard about it on Docs and Jocks. No one burns calories like Firehouse Subs. Introducing our hearty and flavorful under 500 calorie menu. Steaming hot sriracha beef, hook and ladder light, turkey cranberry, and more. Six new subs, four new salads, overflowing with flavor under 500 calories. And starting at only $5.49. Under 500 calories never tasted so hearty and flavorful. Firehouse Subs. One bite, one taste, you're hooked. When it comes to electric prices, do what the Cowboys do and trust ProStar Energy Services to perform for your business. Every company uses electricity. That part's simple, but getting a good deal on electricity isn't. That's why the Cowboys rely on ProStar's team to secure the lowest electricity price available. Let us draft a strategy to help your business beat the competition with bottom line savings on your electric bill and custom solutions that keep your team focused on moving the ball. To score big for your business, call ProStar today at 817-892-4250. 